Hello, Ridgeway Church. It's uh, it's great to be back at our fireside chat here in the fireside room. You know, uh, I was so blessed by uh, Tim Rockwell's message last week. What a great job he did. I just want to uh, give a shout out to Tim and also Bethany Peterson the week before. Uh, it's so good to, I wasn't really gone, but I wasn't here uh, sharing. And, uh, and But I, I want to continue this morning uh, in the book of Philippians. If you want to turn to your Bibles, or as we say now, turn on your Bibles. Uh, but before we begin, I just I just want to tell you that uh, we're, uh, just by way of review, we're, we're looking at the, the, the letter to Paul's, uh, Paul's letter to Philippians, I should say. And uh, we, we've been doing a bit of a virtual journey through this wonderful letter. Paul is in a Roman prison, it's believed, uh, and yet he's filled with joy. In fact, joy shows up throughout the letter. And we've been kind of using that as a foundation of just navigating through these crazy times we're in. Now, this past weekend was pretty exciting here in Madison because uh, our county, Dane County, uh, ordered or issued a back to work, a phase one, 25% of capacity for businesses and uh, uh, restaurants, and of course, different uh, folks going back to their offices and uh, uh, social distancing, of course, but it's just joy is in the air. Uh, in fact, I, I found a haircut, but I didn't go to a barber. I can't tell you how I got my haircut, but I did get my haircut. There were some complaints that uh, that I was uh, almost to the point of wearing a ponytail, and uh, it's good to have these uh, these just these normal creature comforts and blessings and gifts. But it's so good to uh, to be in what this this uh, what Paul is saying here. In fact, I want you to, I want you to know this that we're preparing uh, we're preparing. Uh, this uh, in the next couple of weeks to return ourselves to church and we're calling it Back to Church Sunday. And uh, we'll have more on that, but we'll be continuing in this role and in this format for uh, at least a couple more weeks. But I just wanted to show you, kind of give you a little sneak preview. We've ordered some special communion cups and uh, uh, these are neat because they are they are COVID communion friendly. I was gonna say Corona, but somebody would make a bad joke over that. Uh, but look at there, you got a little tab on the top and on the bottom you have your wafers. So we've got a whole bunch of these and we are, we are excited about being back together and sharing communion together and, uh, and just sharing the love of the Lord together and all that God has created for us in, in community and family and in worship. Uh, but uh, let's look together again, Philippians chapter two and beginning with verse 12. I wanna, I wanna share a verse with you and just uh, talk to you a little bit about maintaining our joy. Uh, as surely as things go up, they come down. And we've experienced a lot of uh, uh, emotional deflation, so to speak, like a balloon that's been emptied of its air. Uh, and as we've been navigating through these unprecedented times, for sure. And I, I just want to continue to talk about, because Paul, I believe, can give us some 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 keys to, to maintaining the happiness and the joy that God wants us to walk in. So look at here in verse 12 and 13, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, you know, a real friend is someone who is uh, is as good a friend when we're with them and as, as when we're apart from them. And this is what Paul's saying, my dear friends, not only in my presence are you obeying the commands that I've given you and being kingdom followers and followers of Jesus, but also in my absence. Look, he continues, he continues to say, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, that's a deep reverence and a humility. He says, for, for it is God's, it, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Um, note, God's part is to work into us and our part is to work out our 
salvation. Notice he he doesn't say uh, uh, work for. This isn't something we have to work to gain salvation and forgiveness of the Lord and and uh, uh, and and uh, how should I say just uh, membership in His family as we as we repent and and follow Jesus Christ. It's it's something that we can't earn this salvation. It can't be bought. It can't be borrowed. Uh, someone once said that Christians. Uh, it's not that Christians somehow earn their salvation. It's not that the Lord helps those who help themselves. This isn't a self-help type of a gospel. In fact, the Apostle Paul, when he wrote his letter to the, to the Ephesians, he said this, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And it's, and it's not from yourself. It's the gift of God, uh, not by works, so that no one of us, not one of us can boast. Uh, so that's what Paul's heart always is as we, as we read his, his writings in the New Testament, that uh, salvation is a thing that God does. Salvation is uh, a gift by faith, through grace, by through faith, by God's love and his grace at work in our lives. So we don't work for it. We work out what God has worked into us. And just kind of a play on words there, but uh, I like what, what uh, N.T. Wright says. He says, Paul wants the Philippians to work out for themselves what this business of being saved will mean in practice. I like that. I like that. Now, you know, again, we're, we've reopened as a, as a community. And uh, I, was, I was talking to my daughter's fiance this week, and he went back to the gym. And I'm so excited to get to the gym myself and trying to figure out what that's going to look like with 25% capacity. And when we go to the gyms, we, we, when you think of it, we, don't, we, we go there not to create muscle. The muscle's already been created. We go there to strengthen the muscle that's already a part of our, our body. And that's kind of the picture of working out uh, and going to use the little wordplay there. Uh, and and it's, uh, it, there's plenty of equipment when you go to a gym. There's various options that you can go, various stations you can go to. You can work your legs and your arms and your abs, the free weights. You can do Nautilus or treadmills or bikes or all these different stations you go to to, to strengthen yourself. And today, I want us to uh, look at some workouts for maintaining our joy. And I believe Paul's giving us these in these next couple of verses. And, uh, and so let's look at it. And the first exercise to maintain our joy is remember, we need to remember that God is with us. God is with me in me, he says, and, and he's for me. Now, you know, there's going to be an opposite trend here that can often enter into our life. We'll call them killjoys. So the opposite of remembering that God's presence is in our lives is the fear of being abandoned, uh, the fear of being on our own. And some of us have experienced that even in the last few weeks. Uh, and that can rob us of our joy. No matter what we're feeling today, you need to be uh, encouraged and assured that, that, that Christ is with us. His spirit is filling us, that God does not abandon us. Paul says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I like that. The, the Greek word there for working is uh, energizes or energizing. And, and uh, th that's where we probably get the word energizer from. And it's God is releasing and energizing and empowering us um, uh, to do what he's, what, he's, what he's called us to do and filling us with his power. Now, it's not just in us. He's all, all, also with us. And, and, and Jesus said this in his, in, his, in his beautiful prayer in the Gospel of John, John 14. He said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will be with you 
uh, and you will realize that you are in me and I am in you. And this was his, this beautiful prayer the night before he was crucified. And he was telling his disciples then and his disciples that were yet to come. And that includes us today. Uh, Christ is with us. He's in us. He surrounds us. So uh, remember that God is with you. And a second exercise uh, as we imagine our spiritual gym this morning, it's open, and that is to be grateful, okay? Be grateful. Now, the killjoy to gratefulness would be fretting and, and fighting over small things. That'll, that'll rob us of our joy. You know, fretting and discouragement and uh, depression and heaviness, that can be uh, just a part of our, our nature. It can be a part of uh, uh, the, the culture that, that surrounds. It could be a conditioning from our culture. Turn on the news. It's The good news doesn't sell, it seems. It's just the discouraging news as we are just inundated with, with, with negativity day in and day out. Paul says, in everything you do, stay away from complaining and arguing so that no one can speak a word of blame against you. I like that. I like that. Now, there's all kinds of complainers. You know, you've got, and listen, I, I, there's days that I would, I would fall under one of, these, uh, one of these definitions, but there's the whiner. You know, uh, there's days that maybe you and I wake up and uh, we're kind of negative, and instead of rise and shine, we, we rise and whine. And, and uh, you heard, you heard the, the woman who asked her friend, hey, do you, do you ever wake up grouchy? She says, no, I let him sleep in late. And, and some days I wonder how my wife is so happy in the mornings because I wake up maybe with a lot of things on my mind and I just, I need a cup of coffee and I don't even drink coffee that that well, you know? So, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, th that can be one of the things that just uh, the, the complaining attitude and whining and there's kind of that martyrdom attitude. No one appreciates me. You know, uh, you love to throw parties, you know, but they're pity parties and, you know, you really don't want to go to those. There's cynics and cynics, uh, there, you know, what, what's the use? You know, why even try? It won't make any difference. There's perfectionists and, and there is, is, is th their attitude, is that, is that the best you can do? Uh, and uh, they're, they're unpleasable. Nothing is good enough. And so you, you get those in, in our lives that, that uh, you know, they, they just, they can pull us down and they can pull the gratefulness out of us. And, and we can be that person in our, in, in our world. You know, Jesus kind of warned us, and this is a strong word from him in Matthew chapter 12. Uh, he said uh, that we will give an account of every careless word that we have spoken on the day of judgment. Think of that. You know, uh, that's, that's a strong word. We will give account an account for every careless word on, on the judgment day. Um, that's our Lord saying, you know, that's, you can't blame that on a, 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 a you know, a, a passionate apostle. That's, that's our Lord and Savior Jesus saying, we need to be careful of how we think and how, what comes out of our, out of our mouth and our conversation. We need to be life-giving. And, uh, and so take that to heart. That's, that's being grateful. And uh, Paul, Paul said this to the, the church at Thessalonica. He said, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. In everything. Now, notice it's in, not for. I don't give thanks for everything. I don't give thanks for war or for, or for death or for injustice or for, for cancer. I don't give thanks for that. But in that difficult, dark place, we can give thanks and, uh, and we can be thankful. And you say, well, how in the world can we be thankful in such a situation? It's because we are holding on to an understanding of who God is and the promises that he has given us. Um, in Romans 
Paul says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. That's Romans 8, 28. And who have been called according to his purpose. Wow, isn't that a beautiful uh, 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 foundational promise? We don't have to be thankful for the darkness, but amidst the darkness, we hold on because we've got, we believe God's taking it and turning it into good somehow in some way. So uh, that's what we can do. We can, we can be grateful as we, as, we, as we meditate on the truths of the word. The third exercise to maintain our joy is pursue purity. Pursue purity. Um, now the killjoy to that would be feeling guilty or ashamed for maybe a place in our life that is the opposite of, of, of purity. Maybe we're stuck in a sin or some area of brokenness and, and it can rob us of our joy. Paul says, you are to live clean and innocent lives as children of God. Uh, and, and, and not just that, but children of God in a, in, in a dark world full of people who are crooked and stubborn, shine out among them like beacon lights. I love that. I love that. We can live in a measure of purity even though we're surrounded by people who are crooked and stubborn, this translation said, and not just surviving, but literally thriving to the sense and to the, to the extent that we're, we're shining Christ amidst that, that darkness. Uh, we, I had a chance and the opportunity to go uh, up to northern Minnesota with my brother and his sons and, and my brother-in-law and his sons and we went on a canoe trip up in the boundary waters of northern Minnesota and Canada. And um, uh, the first night we were there, we were looking to the sky, hoping that, that the, the clouds would, would, would part enough because you know, when you're out there in the wilderness with no city lights, no town lights, no cell phone coverage. <laughs> it's just you and God in a beautiful display of God's handiwork, uh, you know, in 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 the uh, in the heavenlies. And uh, sometimes you can see uh, the northern lights, but sadly for us, it was kind of a cloudy night and a little, maybe a little sprinkles and rain setting in. But but it's just such a beautiful thing. There's nothing, you know, the darker the night, the the brighter the light. Someone said, and that's that's so true. We see that in creation. God's looking for our lives to shine in this dark hour. So what if we're surrounded by crooked and stubborn people? And there's all kinds of translations. You can look at that scripture there in verse 15 and see it played out in different, even more colorful ways. But the point is, we are a people called out of darkness, as Peter said, into his wonderful light. Peter wrote that in his letter. And, uh, and so God's looking for our lives to shine in this dark hour. I like what the psalmist said in, uh, in, in Psalm 119. He said, happy or blessed, happy are those who live pure lives, who follow the Lord's teaching, keep his rules, and try to obey him with their whole heart. Uh, a lot of translations say, blessed are those. Well, that means happy. And uh, our joy is, is maintained when we pursue God and, and his holiness and we allow Christ to be working these things out in our lives. Jesus said in his famous mountaintop sermon, he said, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Happy are the pure in heart for we will encounter God in, in, a, in a genuine way. How do we maintain a pure heart? Well, I think it's just repentance. I think I said a couple weeks ago, don't, don't run from repentance. That's, you know, that maybe has a, 
heaviness to it, that word, but it's really a beautiful word. Um, someone said, keep short accounts with God. Uh, you know, don't, don't let things linger on. If there's an issue that you know is not pleasing the heart of your heavenly father, deal with it. Keep short accounts. Uh, someone said, there's a spiritual exercising that we can do. We breathe out confession. Lord, forgive me for, you fill in the blank. And then we breathe in his forgiveness and his cleansing and his grace. That's, that's the journey we're on. We're not perfect as Christ's followers, but we have the Holy Spirit that's revealing in us the things that, uh, uh, that, 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 that break God's heart. And, uh, and what a beautiful thing repentance is, uh, breathing out confession and breathing in his forgiveness and his grace. You know, a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, I'd missed the trash pickup and I think there, we'd made some chicken and it'd gone in the, in our trash container. It's in the garage. And so we missed that week and the trash was building up. And every time I opened the lid, Oh my goodness, you can imagine, you know, if you had some meat that had spoiled and oh, it just about knock you over. The smell was so putrid, so pungent. And I think, you know what? The, the, the this, what 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 this the truth in this is that if there's trash in our lives, that sounds kind of harsh, but just take it out. Don't retain it. Don't maintain it. Don't continue to wallow in that darkness. Take it out. Uh, breathe out confession and breathe in forgiveness and cleansing. All right, so that's the third. And the fourth uh, exercise for maintaining our joy uh, is meditate on God's word. Memorize it, live it. Memorize, meditate, I should say, on God's word. Now the kill joy would be forgetting what God has promised. And when we do that, uh, our joy is, is, is uh, diminished. This is so important to happiness. God's word, the scriptures, we need to fill our minds and, and exchange our our thoughts with God's words and God's thoughts. And uh, what, you know, what you dwell on grows. If you dwell on negativity, uh, if you meditate on worry, you're gonna get negative thoughts or worrisome thoughts uh, or faithlessness. Instead, if you meditate on God's word, if you, if you fill yourself with faith in Christ and, and what God's word builds our faith, then we will be strong in, in, our, in our inner man, in our soul, and it'll affect our our, our, I, believe, I believe our physical uh, body as well and our, and our minds and our, our mind and our thoughts. Okay, so God promises so many blessings for this. In, in, in Paul, in Philippians, he says this in verse 15 and 16, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Uh, you're gonna shine, we're talking about that, as you hold firmly to the word of life. There's six ways to grasp God's word. You can hear it, all right? You're watching today, we're sharing God's word. You can listen, it's in a lot of our worship music today. You listen, you read it, you read your Bible, you study it, you know, don't just, you, 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 know, you memorize it. It's good to memorize scripture for sure. Uh, meditate on it. Someone said meditation is like uh, like a cow's stomach. Uh, it's not like you're you're doing some you know cross leg yoga uh, uh, posture thing and trying to clear your mind. It's very active in that uh, the, the cow's stomach has a couple chambers, right? Is it uh, three chambers or? I forget, uh, I forget, it's been so long, four chambers. Uh, uh, but anyway, the point is that uh, they take in the, the nutrients and then they <laughs> regurgitate it and it goes to another stomach and they just take everything they can out through their process of digestion. And uh, that is what I've always seen meditation like, as we just take a scripture and we think about it and we chew on it a little while and we 
allow the Lord to bring some nutrients to us and we maybe, I won't say burp it up, but anyway, you get the idea. It's, uh, it's, it's chewing on it and just receiving what God and enjoying what God's giving us in, in his scripture and his promises. Okay, so uh, a fifth, a fifth and final point uh, is is this, and that is. Uh, oh, by the way, I, I I got caught up in my cow analogy there, but application is also so important. So you hear, you read, you study the scripture, you memorize, you meditate on it, and then you make application. Otherwise, you're like the guy who looks in the mirror that James talks about. He walks away, walks away, and forgot what he saw. Oh my goodness, what, what good's a mirror if we don't fix what we see, if our hair's messy, or if you know we got a little toothpaste in the corner of our mouth, take care of it. Uh, and so uh, make application. That's, that's the beauty of, of the Word of God as well. So the fifth and final exercise is this, serve God. And we serve God by serving others. So serve God. And the killjoy would be focusing on myself, not others. And uh, you, you think, well, that's gonna make me happy if I take care of number one, but the fact is, it robs us of our joy. Uh, in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus said, if you insist on saving your life for yourself, you'll lose it. Only those who sacrificially give, give away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it means to really live. Wow. So you try to save your life and you'll lose it. Jesus says, oh, it's all upside. The kingdom oftentimes is topsy-turvy. It's upside down. If you want to have life, you, we give our lives away. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. That's our Savior. Jesus came to serve, and we get to follow suit. We get to be Christ-like. Now, as a profound kingdom principle, the more I give myself away and serve God by serving others, the happier I am. Now, some of what Tim was saying last week, the more we give our resources away, the more we are, we are blessed, and 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 uh, that was a great word. And this is just these are kingdom principles, and they're profound. And happiness is not found in my status. It's not found in my my salary. It's not found in my success. Happiness comes from the generosity and the service that I can offer from my life. Paul says, "Your faith in the Lord and your service are like a sacrifice offered to Him." Your faith in the Lord and your service are like a sacrifice offered to Him. So, so what? just one or maybe two questions. Where and how do you sacrificially volunteer to serve others? Good question right now. We're kind of maybe a little limited in our, in our, in our quarantining and social distancing and all these things, but something just to think about and pray about. This is an essential exercise for a happy heart for maintaining and, and retaining our joy. How do I sacrificially volunteer to serve others? Um, uh, I, I read an illustration of, a, of an architect who was brought into a city that was just, they'd torn down some of the beautiful historical buildings and they'd put up some cement tenements and, and it just, it was almost like the, the, the city had become black and white. They'd lost its color. And they brought him in to build right in the center of this town, a beautiful, beautiful building. And he is a professional young architect. And he, he designed this gorgeous building. And he began to build it. And before it was finished, he, he, he grew ill. And he wasn't able to stay on the job. But he wanted to see it through to, to, to finish because he said, this is my legacy. People remember me for what I designed here and what was built. And so this building went up and it was beautiful and it was like a beautiful colored picture on a, a black and white canvas. 
And I think that's what the, the Apostle Paul is saying today. We've been called to be lights amidst a broken, dark, black and white landscape. We've been called to be children of light, bringing hope. It's like uh, Jesus said it this way when he asked his disciples what, what people on the street were saying about him and who he was. And, and uh, Peter spoke up and said, you know, I believe you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And, 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 and Jesus told Peter that this was a revelation he got from heaven and that, uh, and that, uh, how do you say it? The, the, he says, uh, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, for, for flesh and blood hasn't, haven't given you this, but my father in heaven, and, and I'm gonna build my church, I'm gonna build my church and, and the gates of hell, the authority of hell will not prevail against it. So Paul, Paul was away from the Philippians and so excited they were continuing on to build the church, but it wasn't Paul's church. It wasn't Paul's architecture. The architect of the church is Jesus Christ. And we get to build his church amidst the darkness all around us. And even this past week, there's been horrible injustices done in, in our nation, in our city, or our, our cities, and, and things are breaking out in the news. And what a beautiful opportunity it is right now for us as the church to be about justice and love and, and a place where the, the beauty of the color of the kingdom breaks forth into the darkness and the brokenness that surrounds us. This was the case in the first century when Paul's writing to the church at Philippi, and this is the case for us, the Church of Madison. We don't have to look far to see hurt and brokenness, but we are a city being built up. We are the church, the called out ones that Christ is building up um, to, to be a reflection of his grace and his healing and his justice and his hope. That's, that's what we need to hear today, okay? So where do we sacrificially volunteer? Pray about that. Uh, and, and, and just in, in closing, he says, you know, you can start working out your salvation, but not until God works in you. And I just want to close with this. If you had a question, well, how do I get what God wants to work in me? I love what, the, what, what Acts says in Acts chapter 4. It says, salvation uh, can only be found in Jesus alone. Our salvation is in Christ, not in the Apostle Paul, not in us working something out. The in part of this message for us to work out is comes through Jesus Christ. It's in all the world, there is no one else whom God has given who can save us. That's beautiful. Jesus can save us and he's the one that rescues us. He's the one that takes us and walks us into this beautiful kingdom that he has for us in this journey of following him. So let's pray. And I just, uh, if you know, if you're, if you're listening uh, today and you want to, uh, and you, you just maybe feel like the Holy Spirit is, I say the Holy Spirit because you maybe have an impression that, you know what, I, I feel like I need to, uh, I need God to work in me. I just wanna close with this prayer. Uh, and, uh, and just, you can maybe just pray it wherever you're at, uh, but here's, here's how I wanna pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for uh, your word today. I thank you for your life. I thank you for the promise that you've given us to, to rescue us from our brokenness. And Lord Jesus, today I just pray for anyone who would be in a place where they, they want to invite you in to take control, to be Lord of their lives, to they, they're, they're sensing an impression in their heart to surrender themselves to you today. Lord, I just pray that uh, Holy Spirit, you would uh, you would reach out as uh, I know you are, 
you are sovereign, but that you would draw them to yourself. In Jesus' name, just pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I give you my life today. I surrender my heart and my life, my ambitions, my motives to you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I confess that I am a sinner and I breathe in your forgiveness and your grace even today. Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me and lead me in your way. Jesus, I choose today to follow you with my heart. Amen. Amen. That's a great prayer. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. We hope to see you in person soon. God is good. We love you all. Have a great day. Thank you.